Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, we worship you this morning in song. Lord, we worship you in giving. And now, Lord, we worship you through your word. And so, Lord, we pray this morning that you uh, would, would penetrate our hearts and minds. Lord, that you would help us to hear the word, to receive the word in our hearts. But also, Lord, that we would not just be hearers of the word, but we would be doers of the word. So help us to apply it to our lives. And we give you thanks for this in Jesus' name. Um, again, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms today, and, and God's given me a special message for you this morning. And it's actually an interesting story. It's from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 1, and I've titled this message, Hannah's Prayer. And um, it's an interesting message that God put on my heart for you, but I just wanted to share it with you. And um, I want to start it out, and hopefully you've got your Bibles at home. You can look at that, and I'm going to just read parts of the story for you. So it talks about that there's a man named Elkanah and that he had two wives and one of them was named Hannah and the other Panina. And it said Panina had children but Hannah had none. And year after year this man went up from his town to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. It says, whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to his wife, Menina, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion or a choice portion because he loved her. And the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. And said, so this went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept. And would not, and she would, she wept and would not eat. And her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? We're going to stop there. First part of this story, I want you to focus. The first point is that God is in control. Uh, the Lord, it says in that scripture, the Lord had closed her womb. And, and so the picture there for us is that God is in control and we are not. I think more than any other time in my life and maybe in your life, we are recognizing that we are not in control, uh, that God is the one that is in control. And we recognize that our self-sufficiency, our pridefulness in this time of COVID-19, it, there's not much we can do. There's so many things that we can't do. So God is the one that's in control. And also want you to notice that although Hannah was barren, that she was childless, that she was greatly loved by her husband, and even more so by the Lord, we're going to learn. So many of you that are here today may feel unlovable, or even ice, and we're all isolated during this time. And I want to tell you, God loves you just as you are. And that doesn't mean that he's going to leave you the way that you are. He's going to, he's going to, if you accept him, he's going to make you more like him, more like Jesus. But he meets you where you are. And it reminds me of our church. When I, when, when I first came to our church, we had a banner that was up on the, on, the, on the side and said, Jesus, he meets you where you are. And I remember that banner. And I remember God would use that banner from time to time because people would come from our church and we come from a broken community. We have people that drug addictions and just lots of baggage in their life and homeless and they would come and I remember talking to some of them and they said, you know what, I can't come to your church. I said, why? 
So your church, your church building would fall down if I came in it. And then they would go on and, and say, you know, I've got to get my life together. And when I get my life together, then I'll come back to your church. And I would always go to that banner. And I said, listen, Jesus meets you where you are. And by the way, you're never going to get it all together. You come here. You come to him, and he puts you back together. So I just want you to know that if you listen to this message today, that Jesus loves you just as you are, and he meets you where you are. I want you to also notice in the scripture it talks about that Hannah was kept being provoked by Penina. And, uh, and she kept provoking her. And, uh, you know, I, there's a double message in this. One, one, you only need one wife because you got two wives going on there. And you would think Penina, she has all the children. Why would she be provoking her? But she was rubbing it in. Hey, hey I've got kids. You don't. And just rubbing it in. And, uh, you know, I know if this happened in our neighborhood, it'd be a fist fight. Okay? And knock you down. But uh, Hannah... And her name means gracious or graciousness. She would just handle it so well. She wouldn't respond, um, but it would, it would really break her down. And, you know, when I think, of, think about this story and how she was provoked, it, it reminds me of uh, sibling rivalry. I remember growing up in my, my, my uh, house. I've uh, got an older brother, younger sister. And I, I would just, my, my sister and I always knew how to provoke one another. We knew how to push each other's buttons. And uh, my sister's name, Louise, and, and to this day, I am lucky to be here because I really went over the line a number of times, and, and yet we were provoking. In the same way, Penina was provoking Hannah and, um, and just breaking her down. It says she wept, and uh, she would not eat. And then we also see that, um, that her husband uh, was trying to come alongside her. Uh, before I get there, I want to talk about barrenness. And what that meant in that culture. Children are a gift from the Lord. And, and, and in that culture, a woman in Old Testament times who could not bear children was viewed as having been cursed by God. So she was carrying that burden with her. And, and, and her husband tries in, in verse 8 to, to, to comfort her. And he says, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more than you did ten sons? And he's letting her know, I love you. I love you regardless whether you can have children. But you know, like many husbands, he's trying to minister, and it, it's just not getting through because she really wanted to have a child, and, and so he's just doing everything he can to minister to her, but uh, he's not understanding that, it, you know, he just couldn't get through. And so as we go on at the Scripture, it says, Once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up and says, Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. And it says, in deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. And, and it says, she kept on praying to the Lord. And Eli, the priest, observed her. She was praying in her heart, but her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. And Eli thought she was drunk. And he says to her, put, it, put away your wine, you know. And, and she said, no, not so, Lord. I, 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 I'm a woman who's deeply troubled, but I've not been drinking wine or beer. I've been pouring out my soul to the Lord. And says, do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Then Eli, realizing what was really going on, he said, go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you've asked and what you've asked of him. And, and, and she says back to him, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And she went away. 
and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. We'll stop there. I want you to hear Hannah's heart of prayer. And I want you to notice how many times prayer is mentioned in regards to Hannah in this, in this chapter. Verse 10, verse 12, verse 13, verse 16, verse 26, verse 27. All these times we see it mentioned, prayer. And we see the power of persistent prayer with Hannah, the power of passionate prayer. And so although Hannah was barren, she was childless, she was a special woman. She was a bold woman. She was passionate. She was persistent in her prayer. I encourage you to look later at the book of uh, Luke, chapter 18. It talks about that persistence in prayer. And, and, so, and then we also see that she was greatly loved by her husband and even more so by the Lord. When I read this scripture in her anguish, it reminded me of a scripture in the New Testament and, uh, that, that talks about this. And I want to say to you, it's okay to cry out to the Lord because sometimes we cannot express in words what we're feeling and how we're hurting. And many of you might be in that place right now. In Romans 8, 26, it says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So my question is, what about you this morning? Have any of you felt the need to cry out to the Lord in that way? Maybe you are watching this message and you don't have a job or you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. Or worse yet, maybe you've lost a loved one during this challenging season. Maybe you're just a churchgoer and you're just frustrated the church isn't able to meet as normal and you're frustrated by that. Whatever your burden is, I challenge you to give it to the Lord and put your trust in Him. I want you to notice that after Hannah gave her burden to the Lord, she was no longer downcast. It says, and it goes on to talk about how she worshipped Him. So I want to ask you, if any of you, any of you need to give your burden to the Lord, I challenge you to do that. I'm going to go on, read on the rest of the chapter. It says, early in the next morning, they rose and they worshiped before the Lord and they went back to their home at Ramah. Now, Cana, he loved to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to her son. She named him Samuel because I asked the Lord for him. And that's, that's what his name means. And it says, when her husband Elkanah went with all of his family to honor the annual sacrifice to the Lord to fill his fowl, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord. And he will live there always. And Elkanah said, do what seems best to you. Stay here until you've weaned him. Only may the Lord make good on his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she'd weaned him. And then after he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull. And they came, they sacrificed the bull. And she brought the boy to Eli. She said to him, pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live. And she's testifying now, as surely as you live. I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child. And the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him back to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord. And he worship the Lord there. Hannah trusts the Lord. And God answers her prayer. But then there's a key part, which is Hannah keeps her word. 
I remember when I read this story the first time, I thought to myself how easy it would have been to keep the child because she really wanted this child. And yet she makes a commitment and she keeps it by giving Samuel back to the Lord. She, she was truly an honorable and pious woman. And God honors Hannah by taking her son and using him in incredible ways. I encourage you to read the book of 1 Samuel. You'll learn about how this, this prophet was used so mightily of God. And I also want to encourage you to, to read chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. We don't have time to read all of that this morning, but I encourage you to read it because I'm going to highlight some things in there. And I want you to notice in chapter 2 where Hannah's focus is. Her focus is on the giver, not the gift, not the child. And the supreme source of Hannah's joy is not in the child, but in God, in the God who answered her prayer. Hannah's prayer reveals that God can take negative and hopeless situations and turn them completely around. And that goes for you as well. Maybe you've got a situation that, that's going on. You don't see any hope. I'm telling you, God can turn it completely around if you give it to him. And we see that the Lord blesses Hannah. And this, because of her obedience and keeping her word, it says later on in chapter 2, verse 21, that Hannah gave birth and conceived three sons and two daughters. So God not only answered her initial prayer, but he gave her more than she could ever ask or imagine. And look up a verse in Ephesians 3.20, it talks about that. So as I prepare to close, I want to say, what about you, ladies? We've honored Mother's Day, and that's a good thing. Having a child is a massive part of your identity. But you know what? Your identity is bigger than that. Remember, your identity is ultimately in the Lord and who he is and who you are in him. So don't limit your identity to just being a mom. Now, that being said, I know that there might be women here that are part of our congregation that are barren and they, they can't have children. And I want you to know that the Lord cares. He's the one that opens that door and opens and closes the womb. I remember as we would normally have our Mother's Day service, we would have all the women up on stage here and, and be recognizing them, and, and we recognize the one with the most kids and the grandkids and great-grands, and, and we already know who that is. It's Kula. It's always Kula Little, and Kula's laughing at home right now. She's had another great-grand, Lamar, uh, that's just been born to her. But the other thing that we would always do is we would remember to pray for those that could not have a child and had been wanting to have a child. And I'm thinking about a particular couple that used to be at our church, Andrew and Bethany Figgins. Um, they were praying for years and trying to have a child, and they finally came to the point of adopting uh, a child. And uh, his name's Gabriel, and he's seven years old now. But God not only blessed them with a child, he's now given them their own child that they gave birth with just less than a year ago. His name's Luke, and he's six months. So we praise God for them and for God's how he answers those prayers. We've seen him do it over and over again. And... Um, want us to continue to also be in prayer for Adam and Kristen Gaspar uh, during this season. They've gone through there. They are due to ha overdue to have the child or, and uh, their second child. So just be in prayer for them. I'm going to close this with a word of prayer and Philip's going to close with a song. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the story of Hannah. Lord, we thank you that you're God that answers prayer. Lord, I pray for those that are here today that are listening to this message. Lord, you made a way, and you made a way for, for them to be in relationship with you. 
Lord, I pray that they would put their trust in you. Lord, it's as simple as admitting our sinfulness, our inability to save ourselves, our inability to fix our own problems and to come to you and ask you for forgiveness for our sins and inviting Jesus in their hearts and making him Lord and Savior of our life. So, Lord, I pray that those that are listening, Lord, that this might be their day, that they would put their trust in you. We give you the glory. Give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, the, I heard that, uh, I heard this quote, and it was really amazing to think that we're strongest when we're on our knees in prayer. And so, as you're reflecting off this message, I just want you to close your eyes and just just spend some time with Jesus because you can come to the altar wherever you are and you can ask God to just come into your life and transform you you can ask him to lead you in the right direction or you can just praise him for how good he is
Treasures you found 